Pubcast. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The point of this book is to really show you that you do have all five of these energies within you. Yes, we lead with one of them, one or two of them, which I call our primary element. And some of the energies are not as accessible or as um, familiar to us, and that would be your missing element. Welcome to the Liberated Healer podcast, where we touch on a variety of topics in the world of spirituality, energetic healing, and everything in between and beyond. Take an adventure on a shooting star with your hosts, Gina and Linnea, offering their wisdom, guidance, and everlasting love and support. Hi, everybody. This is Gina Cavalier, and uh, this is the Liberated Healer Podcast. And today I have a, a Llewellyn published author, uh, Tisha Morris, on, on with us today. Welcome. Thank you, Gina. It's a pleasure to be here. So um, you are a feng shui expert. You're an attorney, uh, a book coach, publishing consultant, and a self-help author who has been featured on a lot of different um, publications and, and shows. And, you know, we love this topic of feng shui. And I love that you have this amazing analytical background, which I think probably helped a little bit. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey to this new book? And I have it right here, actually. Oh, that's great. Thank you. So yeah, this book is kind of a compilation of, of all of my careers thus far. Um, I started out as an attorney out of law school doing the typical thing you do. I grew up in the South. Um, and, uh, but then I was like, this isn't, this isn't fun. <laughs> so I had to do something completely different and freak my parents out and everyone else I know. Um, so I went to interior design school, um, while I was practicing law and, but then that wasn't really what I was looking for either. Yeah, and I got into yoga and the healing arts, and that was that was that's what I was looking for. It turned turned out, um, and so I kind of combined the interior design with with um, with energy work, and realized that our spaces need energy work, um, just like our own our, our own bodies, um, our own energy system. So I began to understand the correlation or interrelationship with our own. Um, our own mental, emotional, and physical bodies with our actual spaces, particularly the, the space that we live in, because that's the space where we have the most um, energetic um, overlap with. And um, and so I began to write a book, or I not began, I, I finished it as well, um, called Mind, Body, Home. That was my first book, and talking about the interrelationship of our spaces. And that began my career in as a feng shui practitioner. And um, 
I I couldn't I couldn't escape it. <laughs> and, and I was I was and and still am a pretty you know practical minded even skeptical at times. Um, like I have to have things proven in a way. Um, and and but you know what I found was that feng shui energy is is actually quite scientific um, in a lot of ways and uh, and measurable and. And uh, just because you can't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And so that was, it became the thing that interests me the most um, in that um, working in this unseen world, you with the healer, I know you understand that as well. Yeah. yeah. And so anyway, the last few years, I I decided to put my attorney hat back on and work with, um, with authors and creatives and help them get their, get their work and messages out into the world. And, and uh, while I continue to, to write my books as well. Well, that, that's awesome. Um, really, pre- I, I'm an author as well. So we really appreciate people like you to help us kind of get that all out and stuff. So I want to go back to the scientific part about what you're talking about. Um, could you explain that a little bit? Because I think that that does interest some people with what, what do you mean about that with, with Feng Shui? Can you give sure. us a little bit more? Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to talk about that you know, where kind of science and spirituality start to emerge. Um, and when we talk, when I talk about feng shui, it is a pretty, you know, esoteric um, sounding practice. Um, and it, you know, it's rooted in um, Taoism, Chinese medicine thousands of years ago. And, and it really is harmonizing our space with the, with the, um, with the earth's energy. And, but the earth's energy, what we mean by earth's energy is just electromagnetic energy. There's, there's, we, we call it chi or prana or a lot of different names, depending on what, um, what, um, ancient sciences you're looking at. Um, and it really is measurable. Um, you know, we, we have, I have a, um, tri-filled meter. I can measure the, you know, electric magnetic energy in a space, um, see if it's too high, you know, for our human, you know, habitability. Oh, um, wow. but there's also you know, everything in our space also is, has its own energy field. Obviously, we as people have energy fields. Um, the plant behind me has an energy field. Even that lamp that's um, uh, has its own energy field. And so everything in our space um, is emitting energy. And that's measurable. That's science, honestly. And with humans, we're a little more complex because we have emotions and thoughts. And so we have these chakras that do different things in this aura field that can change depending on our moods. So we're a little more complex than, say, my plant back there. Um, <laughs> and so when we enter a space and then we combine our energy with all these other things I just mentioned, it's a bit of an energy soup. Um, then we add our furniture that has its that has its old stories perhaps attached to it because um, it has its own energy field and it contains memories that have been in that room with it. So there's a lot going on in a space more than more so than that meets the eye i love that um i always want to ask people about the scientific because i don't know how to explain that but i know that a lot of people appreciate that because it helps them solidify the ideation that's going on in the confusion um so you you talked about earth energy now i i go between right now uh, montana and california which is two different earth's energies so would you say if i took the same house in california and the same house and put it in Montana, would you put, if you were to feng shui it, 
Would you fluctuate totally different because you were in Montana versus I'm really curious to that because I felt I, I feel extreme shifts in the energy living there mm-hmm. um, and in my body and everything. And I don't think I would I think I would use that as a little difference. But it came up to my as an idea. Yeah. wondering think about that. Yeah, that's a great question and a great point that you're making in that. So feng shui starts with the land. And all land is different, as you're pointing out. And when I really understood this uh, in a practical, in a like in a ex- it's experiential way, was when I went to Sedona. And if you've ever been there, they have these energy vortexes that you can you know go around. And um, and if you get the map that they that you can find, they'll tell you what kind of energy if it's yin yin energy or yang energy or a combination of yin and yang energy. And so if you notice, like um, the topography will uh so if it's, it has a yang energy it's there's a mountain situation as it called bell rock um is one of the more popular ones um and it's has a yang energy so it's energizing and then there's um there's some that are more yin and i don't remember the name of it but um which is more of a valley and the more calming to calm your energy and so i begin to see how the formation of the land um that dictates or has the energy coming up from the earth and how, how it speaks to us um, as inhabitants um, on the land. So, and there are places on earth where we're, we're not, they're not good to live on. They have too high of electromagnetic energy. Maybe there's underground water things going on. Um, and so unfortunately in times when there's like a big housing boom, which we've seen, there's a, houses are built on places they don't need to be built on. And that's going to be the beginning stages of bad feng shui, of what we know, what we think of as feng shui. Like energy attracts more like energy. And so if you have a, a not great piece of land um, and you build a house on it, it's going to attract a bad floor plan. And that bad floor plan is going to attract um, a myriad of issues. Um, and I, I've see, seen this time after time after time, literally in the area of the house the bad floor plan there's also like a pile of clutter um like it, it bad energy attracts or not, there's not really good or bad energy right dense energy attracts dense energy whereas light energy attracts more light energy um and so a a um good good land so to speak um and you'll it's really that this is where real estate actually and feng shui actually start to um start to overlap because the best topography are in the areas with the best feng shui um, and the highest prices that you'll pay. And you can, LA is a great example of this. Um, the areas where the land is, um, it's, uh, there's, there's a, that was actually the original use of feng shui was um, citing um, really lots for barrel grounds, but then it became citing uh, for actual um, royalty castles and what, what what's and whatnot and so um now if we look at it in our modern lens the best feng shui land is the areas that have the um the most wealthy people honestly yeah. and the areas that have the least best feng shui are more um unfortunately the areas that um are more impoverished and of course unfortunately that just perpetuates yeah, the, the fate. Oh, 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 oh
I've been set this, so that's okay. Yeah. Hey, hey. Stop. That's TV, not cereal. Okay. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Sorry, I'll cut that. Let me see what note it's in at 11.28. Um, all right, so let's start again. <clears throat> okay, great. So, um, yeah, so going back to your house, so your, your example in, in, in um, Montana and California. So, yeah. The the then the house floor plan is going to be a big dictator of your energy in that space. The floor plan, in, in my opinion, is probably the most important aspects of feng shui. And uh, there's a lot of things I look for as a as a feng shui consultant of thing and things that I things that are like non negotiable for me. But also another thing to consider is the numerology of a space. The numerology, which is from the address is basically its personality and the energies that you'll experience more while you're there. So the numerology, you'll compare those two houses and see how they differ numerologically. And that will be a big dictator of how you experience um, being there. Yeah. So the house I'm in right now is a five house and it's interesting because mm-hmm. it's rental. And, you know, it's just, that's a, that's a five. It's constant yep. change. That's right. You know um, my first house that I bought was a two and it was a sanctuary home. That's, you know, the sanctuary is peace and, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. So I, I do love the numerology. I always look at a house um, number and see if, oh, am I going to be here temporary or not? Or if I yeah. should buy it or whatever. But yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. That's really interesting. So, um, yeah, I've, I just experienced a lot of difference um, in the, that was such a huge dichotomy of change. So the land was a really big thing. Um, wow. So you must get asked by every single person when you're out and your family members and everybody, right? Just like typical stuff like, should I put water here? And is this my money corner? <laughs> Do I put a bowl of oranges here? I mean, uh, <laughs> is that, you know, I'm sure it's way deeper than that, but. Yeah, no, well, I mean, yes and uh, yes and no. Well, yes, I do get asked by people. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, some of the feng shui has has a lot of different um, schools, so to speak. And I mean in that in a big sense of the Eastern schools and the Western schools of having slightly different philosophies. There's the classical method and then the more westernized method of which I practice. And some of the classical feng shui is very cut and dry, like you know, the oranges and the lemons and the, the food dogs and all of that. Um, and a lot of, um, uh, a lot of, uh, superstitions in a way. Uh, I mean, we can call that, but for them, it'd be a more ritual, ritualistic. Um, the more westernized versions of feng shui give a little more credence to human intention and will and, and our, our will, so to speak, and blending, um, intention in with, with, um, with the space. Um, so there, there's some, some things that sometimes people are like, is it true that I sh- should do X, Y, and Z? And I'm like, I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, but what I do know, here's what I do know. And this is the quickest way to, to good feng shui is, um, to create space that you love to be in. Um, yeah. uh, ideally in every area of your home, but you know, you can work in stages, but the more you love a home that energy is going to be infused into the space and um that that's that's the best feng shui yeah definitely um so you have a whole thing here about mis- the missing element you know and learning about the missing element 
And um, I actually did your little quiz today. Um, and, you know, my primary element was B and E and my missing element was A and D. So I'm going to look into that a little bit later. But can you explain um, the five elements and then how uh, the missing element to you? Absolutely. So um, so this book takes the five elements and the five elements are um, from from Taoism, uh, which is um, where feng shui comes from. And these five elements are kind of the five pillars or foundations um, of, of both of those practices. And in feng shui, we're, we're using these five elements to balance um, energy in our spaces. For example, I have the wood plant back there and a metal lamp and, and vice versa and, and all that good stuff. And, um, but the, we all have these energies within ourselves as well. And this is actually what acupuncture is, which is also based in Chinese medicine in the five elements. We're balancing our organ systems with the heart being the fire and lungs being, you know, the, all that metal and, and so forth. And this book, however, we have all of these at our disposal to use whenever we need them. And or we can also um, collaborate with others. So if, if fire is my missing element, then it's good for me to collaborate with fire people. Um, so it's just a it's just a takes um, takes our self uh, self assessment to another level. Instead of just focusing on I'm this or I'm that, um, it really the point is that you are all of them, and that missing one is instead of putting all your focus on what you're best at and what comes easy, which is kind of what we tend to do. And, but that's also where our comfort zone is. Um, it's that missing element. Um, the, the, the phrase that quote by Joseph Campbell of the cave you fear to enter holds your greatest treasure was a big inspiration for this book. And that cave is your missing element. And, um, and sometimes we're, we're kind of afraid to go into it. Um, so the book gives you some easy, practical ways of integrating that missing element. I would love Joseph Campbell, by the way. So nice to mention there. Um, so the fire is fire, wood, metal, water, and earth. That's great. Yep. Okay. So yeah. So I was asking the questions, which are very personal, like, you know, are you shy? Are you quiet? And things like that. So it is really definitely related to who you are as a person. Um, that makes sense to me that, you know, I already know who I am and what I'm great at. I want to now work on the elements that um, I'm not 100% as at ease with, but also you express uh, with partnerships, maybe in starting businesses and things like, you know, l learning how the, some of these elements are for the other people. So you can kind of help the relationships, correct? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, to make, yeah, not only help the relationship, which, you know, even in like romantic relationships, it's important to know because a lot of times, if you have a more of an appreciation of the other element and how they can, um, for example, a lot of times opposite elements attract. <laughs> and so on, oftentimes we attract to our missing element, but it can seem like it can seem, you know, just like any relationships where um, what we attract also kind of uh, can rub us the wrong way at times. <laughs> and so if we have appreciation that, for example, if I'm primarily wood and my partner is metal, well, the metal can often seem like the critic of oh, the wood has these big ideas and plans of all these things they want to do. And the metal element's like, um, that's not feasible. We don't have the money. And it's just like crashing your dreams. And, um, and that obviously that dynamic in relationships isn't fun. But if you can instead realize that you're each bringing a strength to to the table, the wood being I have these big visions 
and the metal being like, how can we accomplish this together? You know, then they can really work together and not only being more harmonious, but actually achieve the goal. <laughs> yeah, because I just, I'm really seeing how this can, um, the thing is that we can all really get stuck in our head or who we are and very stuck in our ways. And when we open ourselves up and realize that people are receiving information different than we are, or they have a different set of ways that they grew up or who, like you, like you said, and it's hard to remember that. So this is a great way to say, wait, this is just, that's who they are. And we just need to learn how to speak each other's language kind of bit. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we just hear things differently. And absolutely the right place. We want to be like, say, with that person or work with this person. Um, but we just don't speak the same language. So the thing, this is just another also language that to help people, you know, make their relationships and interactions healthier, you know? Absolutely. Yep. So, uh, so Feng Shui for power positions and expressions with clothes. What, what's that about? <laughs> so, um, so like I said, I give um, some practical ways of kind of integrating your whatever your missing element is. And so I give some examples of um, activities you can do, like anything from, you know, a workout to, you know, whatever the case is, cooking. Um, but And also um, how you can bring in that element through your space, um, but also in your clothing. And, um, and so I don't know about you, but, you know, if you ever put on an outfit that you don't like and you're like, with it all day long you're just like in a bad mood all day long <laughs> luckily i work from home now and i can change change my outfit before i get too far into it but um you know our clothes um which is really like literally embodying uh, an energy um if we use think about it more consciously we can use our our wardrobe as a tool to integrate that that element and it can be done obviously on a day-by-day basis this is a like fine-tuning the energy you want for the day so you know the proverbial red tie for power like a power red tie for an interview well that's the fire element that's you know that's the kind of energy you want going into a interview unless you're interviewing for like a meditation teacher or something <laughs> because a yoga instructor and it's a hot yoga you could wear red um, but if it's like restorative yoga, I'd wear like black or blue, the watercolors. Um, so yeah, using, using your wardrobe to kind of infuse that energy that you want for the day. I definitely see politicians using feng shui then because you yep. can always see the, the red tie, the black, blue tie. Yep. <laughs> um, wonderful. Um, what, what other information do you think that would be great for people to understand a little bit more? Yeah. You know, I, you know, I think, you know, when I, when I set out to write this book, I was like, you know, I don't know that we need another personality system in the world. We, there's a lot of them. And yet, um, what I wanted to really communicate through this book is that you aren't just a category. Um, and so while it is a personality test, you're also not that category. You're all five and it's actually focusing on kind of the, um, your Achilles heel um, and not for the point of like just causing you uncomfortableness and pain in life, <laughs> but more because um, bringing more um, success because um, it's we all have if we're working on something, maybe you're starting a podcast or writing a book or creating a course or whatever the case is, you'll inevitably run, run up against an edge somewhere, whether it's just starting it, whether it's maintaining and keeping it going, 
whether it's the editing process. And so wherever you find that you um, kind of uh, start to, to lose momentum or stop or whatever the case is, or it gets difficult in your, in your, in your um, approach to it, it's where your missing element is. And so identifying what that is, what stage that it falls in, um, can be super helpful in getting over that hurdle. And a lot of times in, in the spiritual community, we say like, oh, the timing's just not right or it wasn't meant to be, when really it might just be you're hitting up against your, your missing element and it can be really easily resolved. And then you also say the systems is like this whole like birth, death, and rebirth. So can you just, is there yeah. a little... So the five elements is the five elements, what makes them different than other elemental systems that we, we find in other sciences um, is that they are a cycle and it's a cycle of birth, death and rebirth. More specifically, um, it's also the cycle of creating anything. It's the creative. So if you look at your window and you see nature, trees growing, all that is the five element cycle. The sun is the what grows the, the, tr the tree is the wood element, the dirt is the earth element, the minerals the metal element that nourishes the um the dirt and then of course rain the water and so all of these are like um the ingredients for creation and so all five are the creative process um and so in the book i take you through the five steps and it really is like turning thoughts into things or manifesting um creating and so Again, wherever your missing element is, is the phase that you probably run up against each time in all, you know, how you do one thing is how you do everything. So even in relationships, that's where you find you kind of stumble a little bit. <laughs> um, oh, gosh. Well, that's yeah. great because, for example, I used to be very like I had a million different ideas and I would chug along, chug along, chug along. And then all of a sudden I would just like give up on a bunch of them or whatever. So maybe like the fire or what I needed the earth energy. Yeah. Around that and yep. things like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, yep. that makes sense. I really think this is awesome. So, well, I really appreciate this book and a missing elements right here, hidden string. Yes. And is there anything else which you would like to end on today? Or, um, no, I just appreciate you having me on your show. And, um, for more information, if anyone wants more information, my website's tishamorris.com. You can take the quiz on the website. Of course, it's in the book as well. And, um, and I also have courses. I have a five elements writing course. It takes you through all the steps, um, as well. And, and yeah, it's, yeah, my goal is just to, um, is to really look to nature as a guide. Um, and I think that's what we need now more than ever is getting in this, in this sense of co-creating with nature um, for a win, 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 a win for me, a win for you and a win for the planet. Thank you so much. And thank you to Luella and publications for sending me the book and always me amazing people and wishing you well. And thank awesome. you so much for being on today. Thank you, Gina. Okay. Bye for now. Bye.
Podcast. Podcast.